The big question in this series is, what's it going to look like in 2020? It's, as we've said, it's not a New Year's resolution series. It's, it's deeper than that, actually. Because it's about making commitments to God and, and being very intentional about some elements of our life that have significant influence on our spiritual growth and development and the influence of our lives for Christ. We've looked at areas of trust, last Sunday living in community, today prayer, and the next two Sundays serving and generosity. Some just, again, some key areas of Christian life uh, and looking at, of course, what the Bible says about these things. This is our, this is our go-to. This is our um, our source. A couple of weeks ago, I googled that question. What's it going to look like in 2020? And the two top stories that came up were one from uh, CTV News uh, that had to do with uh, the real estate landscape in the coming year. And then the other story that, that came up, the, the second one that, that showed, was something that I, I know that we all just care so much about, I'm sure. What could the Jaguars linebacker group look like in 2020? That, that was it. That was, the, that was the big number two story online. Well, as we think about this, I, I'm sure many life situations, genuinely important life situations come to your mind regarding what 2020 could bring. And, and many of them are, are, are life-shaping. What's it going to look like? If my teenager continues down that treacherous spiritual path, what's it going to look like if the economy results in me losing my job? What's it going to look like if my parents actually separate? What's it going to look like if my health continues to deteriorate? What's it going to look like if I uh, don't get into that university program? What's it going to look like if that bully at school doesn't stop harassing me? What's it going to look like if this pain from that broken relationship continues to, to just crush me every day? What's it going to look like in 2020? Those are big things. And yet the topic that we're looking at today of prayer is even bigger because it helps us navigate prayer, seeking God, being with God, helps us navigate every other situation in life like the ones I just talked about. Prayer draws us to the heart of God, to the ways of God. Prayer draws us to the place of being reminded and who of us do not need these reminders regularly I do as well, being reminded that God's got us. And those of you that have been around our church family long enough know, and I'm not making excuses because my wife tells me not to do that, but for just getting, just getting burdened and choked up and all that while I'm up here, there's seasons in church life. I've seen it over the, over the decades, I can say now, um, where there's, there's just, ebb and flow of situations that are tough. And many of you are there right now. And so I'm up here challenged in my heart. But God's got it. God's got it. 
Sarah, to see you up here. Those of you, I don't mean to single you out. We love you. Scott's not here today because he can't be. He needs God's touch and we're praying for him. But Sarah, to see you up here worshiping Jesus in the midst of what you and your family are going through. It's exemplary. It's inspiring. As I stood there worshiping Jesus and seeing that. Others of you, different situations. How's your prayer life? What's it going to look like in 2020? We need to be with God. Even in the times of, of joy. Even in the times, maybe just as much in the times when, when, when things are going well. Because what's the tendency? Just kind of forget God when things are going well. Turn to Him when things are falling apart, right? It's not about even the being in the difficulty. Prayer, what's it going to look like in 2020? And we may initially think that a message about prayer is only for uh, Christ followers. And certainly it's for us. But if you're not a Christ follower, what's keeping you from exploring this idea of prayer? That, that conversation with God, a God who loves you so much, whether you believe that or not, that conversation with God, a God like that is possible. To explore that, I, I encourage you to do that. I, I encourage you to open your heart to the possibilities. And, and, and I, I want to say, way to go for being here this morning. Prayer. How confusing is it at times? And yet how life-giving. How, how frustrating sometimes, and yet how spiritually and emotionally sustaining. How strength-giving it can be, and yet many times it can feel so unproductive. <laughs> These are probably, for all of us as Christians, some of our ideas and experiences in prayer. Yes, thank you, Miriam. Your wife just knows, as most of you probably do too, as I'm going. Hmm. Thank you. God's Word says much about the importance of prayer. But that doesn't automatically make it an easy thing, an easy spiritual habit to cultivate in our life, does it? There, there have been times over my years as a Christ follower when I've, I've been frustrated regarding my prayer life. But I, but I want to grow in it because it's a lifeline to my God. And you've, If you've been around here for some time, you've probably heard me say it this way. Just because I have pastor in front of my name doesn't make this stuff any easier for me. Let's grow together in these things. There have been times where, you know, experiences in prayer have been deep and meaningful, but again, times when they've been dry and frustrating. But we don't give up. We press in. It's like any relationship, right? There's, there's ebbs and flows to it. 
And there are so many directions we could go on a message about prayer. Thousands of books have been written. Probably millions of sermons have been, have been preached. And, and there's many uh, good resources that I encourage you to check out. Uh, there's a couple of websites on the screen. One, uh, gotquestions.org. If you go there and you type in prayer in the search bar, there's just some great, concise, uh, helpful articles that will come up. So take advantage of those. And I, I have a, a selection of books uh, that, I, that I pulled off my shelf, you know, some classic authors, R.A. Torrey, E.M. Bounds, Andrew Murray, The Believer's Secret of Waiting on God. Here's one I found from my, my grandfather, my mom's dad, who was a, a, a pastor. has passed away many years ago now, James Hazlitt. Just an old book. I, I've not read it, but I'd like to sometime. Thoughts on prayer. It's more of a keepsake from my grandpa about prayer. And he, he loved to pray. And uh, I don't know, it's probably early 1900s, maybe maybe older than that. Uh, there's a book here, uh, 10 Prayers God Always Says Yes To. Some great, great resources. Uh, two books, and I'll quote from at least one of them this morning a couple times from Richard Foster's book on prayer. Uh, excellent, excellent book. And Philip Yancey, his book on prayer. Uh, does it make a difference? Who of us haven't asked that before? Just a, a really honest uh, handling of this topic of prayer by, by Philip Yancey. But I just, I just mentioned those, not to put them above the, the Word of God, of course, but get books about prayer and, and read them. I encourage you to do that. And if you want to look at some of these titles, you can certainly do that and jot them down purchase them. Not these ones. But in the many aspects of prayer that we could look at, I this morning sensed truly the prompting, what I believe the prompting of the Holy Spirit for this morning to highlight prayer and these thoughts that I'll share that is less about, uh, about giving God our shopping list of requests and more about simply being with Him. Before I share a very simple one-phrase takeaway point, I want us to respond to words that the Apostle Paul wrote under the direction of the Holy Spirit to the Christians, the Colossian believers, where he said, devote yourselves to prayer. And I want you to hear God's word through the Apostle Paul uh, this morning to, to, to you, to me. I want to hear this. I want to respond to this. Devote yourselves to prayer with an alert mind and a thankful heart. Devote. Devote. Takes devotion. Takes commitment. When you don't feel like it, devote yourself. When you feel like it, you can do it. Devotion. Commitment. Devote yourselves to prayer. Let's do that. Let's commit to do that throughout this coming year. No matter what the previous year or years have been, devote ourselves to prayer with an alert mind and a thankful heart. Perfect soil to hear God speak into our lives as we spend time with Him. A fantastic book that our pastoral team uh, recently through the fall uh, read together and, and, and discussed together, rich experience, uh, the, the Explicit Gospel by Matt Chandler. And I highly recommend that book to you as well. Uh, Pastor Rick Warren of Saddleback Church, when that book came out uh, in 2012, uh, he said, if you buy one book this year, make it this one. It's that important. And I, I have to agree with that statement. In one of the chapters, Chandler, uh, who pastors in Texas, uh, quotes 
theologian D.A. Carson, who is also co-founder of the Gospel Coalition, some of you may know about, uh, co-founder together with Timothy Keller. Uh, but Chandler quotes Carson when he insightfully points out that Christians don't just drift toward uh, things like uh, godliness. We, we don't just drift toward obedience to Scripture. We don't just naturally drift toward prayer. The sin nature we all have causes us rather to drift toward things like self-sufficiency, pride, laziness. And so we need God's help to follow through on commitments we make to spiritual habits like, like prayer and, and Bible reading that will, that will grow our love for God and our love for people and the Christ-like character that we all need to grow in. And so, Eaglemont family, please, together, in this moment, let's devote ourselves to prayer in this coming year. My desire, my commitment is to grow in, in what I'm going to talk to you about now as, as an aspect of prayer that is described in two simple words. Stop and listen. Stop and listen. Stop activity. Stop reading. Stop talking. And listen. It's hard to do. I love what Richard Foster says in this book. Uh, our, our problem is that we assume prayer is something to master. The way we master algebra or auto mechanics. We do not have to be bright or pure or filled with faith or anything. That's where grace comes in. This is good. He says, that's where grace comes in. He says, not only are we saved by grace, but we live by it as well. And we pray by it. You ever felt, felt in, inadequate in your prayer life? Am I doing this right? Whatever questions we might have, I have. I like what Richard what Foster says here. In other words, we don't, we don't have to get our, um, our verbiage just right for God to hear us and to be there with us as soon as we look his direction, before there's a word spoken even. God knows our heart, right? It's good to remember. And the other part of the prayer equation is again, the, the listening part. Shepherd boy turned king, David, shares a bit of his experience in Psalm 62. He says, I wait quietly before God, for my victory comes from him. He alone is my rock and my salvation, my fortress, where I will never be shaken. King James Version, New King James says, my soul silently waits for God. Silence. Silence. Listening. It's part of prayer. It must be part of prayer because it's in stopping and listening that we can hear those types of life-giving reminders that the, the psalmist wrote about there. He is my salvation. He's my fortress. He won't let me be shaken. Sometimes maybe we're too busy telling God how we think things should go in this area or that area. Uh, too much Talking can, can, can actually be a hindrance to us hearing his, his peace-giving reminders about who he is and who he wants to be in our life and what he wants to do 
in and through our lives, no matter the situation we find ourselves. Back in an Old Testament book called First Kings, chapter 19, there's a reference to uh, a prophet, which is another word for a spokesperson for God. Uh, the prophet Elijah there refers to him hearing God's, what is it, remember? Still, small voice. It's beautiful. God's loving whisper. And it was a voice that gave Elijah hope for the future. Even though, uh, if you know the chapter, the story, a few verses prior to that, he prayed that he, would, that, that he would die. He was in that desperate of a state. But here we are a few verses later, and he's, he's heard. He's heard the still, small voice of his God. And some of you need, some of you need today, you need God's God's words of of hope whispered to your heart. And the place to receive his words of hope is is posturing your heart to want to get close to him. Expressed in a concise verse in the New Testament letter of James. Draw close to God and he will draw close to you. Draw close to God and he's right there. Oh, he's working and stirring and drawing us. Of course, there's that side of it. But we still have to make the decision and the commitment to step in to that place of nearness to God and to His heart. Many of us want to experience God's transcendent presence in our lives, but but He leaves it to us to, to initiate that movement, His direction. It's It's where we'll hear the things that the Holy Spirit wants to speak into our lives and knows that we need to hear at any given time. And again, it's not about this. What I'm talking about here this morning is not about getting something from God, but simply being with God. Sadly, that's, I think, not very familiar territory for many of us. Wanting wanting nothing but to be with God. And yes, primarily right now I'm talking about doing that alone in our time alone with God each day. But, but tonight's an opportunity for that. I, I don't know totally what it'll look like. Pastor Brennan's going to lead us. But, but an opportunity to, to together just, just, just be with God. Just wait in God's presence. What a privilege, what an experience. We, f- we forget that in simply being with God, we receive from God, right? Words of wisdom, of grace, of strength, peace that he deposits supernaturally into our minds where there, there, there's otherwise a flurry of anxious thoughts and scenarios. We experience his, his gentle guidance. We hear his reassurance uh, that he's got us in the palm of his hand no matter what's going on. We, we hear his loving encouragement to, to reorder some of our life priorities in, in, in a way that he knows is best. All of this and more as we stop and listen. Such divine input is desperately needed because we often live at such a pace that we can't even hear God's loving input that he wants to share with us. I think that's often true. 
Author Pete Scazzaro pastored for many years in Queens, New York in his excellent book, Emotionally Healthy Spirituality. The subtitle of chapter 8 is this, Stopping to Breathe the Air of Eternity. I mean, that just sounds refreshing, doesn't it? Stopping to breathe the air of eternity. In the first sentence of that chapter, he writes this, We live in a blizzard and few of us have a rope. What? What? Well, he goes on to write, he begins that chapter by writing about how farmers in the Midwest prepare for blizzards by tying a rope to, uh, to their back door of their house and out to the barn as a guide to ensure they get back safely in crazy blizzards that come up where they can't even see their hand in front of their face. Farmers have been known, have been known to freeze to death, literally walking in circles trying to find their house, freezing some of them to death right in their own yard. What's that got to do with stopping and becoming aware of God's presence? Well, Gazzaro continues and writes, he says, many of us have lost our, our way spiritually in the white out of the blizzards swirling around us. Uh, blizzards begin when we say yes to too many things. Uh, many of us are overscheduled, tense, addicted to hurry, frantic, preoccupied, fatigued, starved for time, cramming in as much as possible into our calendars and to-do lists. Our overproductivity becomes counter. Productive. We end our days exhausted, and then our free time is filled with more demands in an already overburdened life. He says, add to this, the storms and trials of life that catch us off guard, and we wonder why so many of us are disoriented. We need a rope to lead us home, he writes. What's your rope? What's your rope? The rope consists of numerous strands, and we could think of different things this morning, of course, but the one I'm pointing out this morning is that of time. Every day, to just stop and listen. Oh, I know it's hard to find time to do that. To hear God's loving whisper in those moments like that is just so crucial. Even if just for a couple minutes to stop and listen. And again, most of us will, will find even that brief time challenging. But it's, it's so worth it to, to stop our thoughts and open ourselves to hear His still small voice deep in our soul. Reminding us that we can trust him completely. Reminding us that he's worthy of, our, of, of the full surrender of our life. And, and of that specific day that awaits us. As we sit in his presence at the start of it. Stopping. To let what we hopefully already know from God's word settle in our heart and, and shape our thinking and our perspective on everything. God's voice can often be precisely the verse of scripture that we memorized as a kid that God brings back to mind at the right time. It can be the Holy Spirit bringing to mind 
a verse out of a chapter or two or three chapters that we read a few weeks before that we, that we didn't even really, uh, weren't really totally cognizant of, of that we had taken in. But there it is. God's word. God's voice. The Holy Spirit can do that kind of thing. If we'll allow him the space to do so. Crucial part of listening is knowing God's word. And I can hold up this too. Because that's what I'm reading since November 11th. Together with many of you in our Bible app. Reading through the Bible this year. I mean, I won't ask for show hands, but you, you, you made it through Leviticus? Huh? Man. good. Crucial part of listening is knowing God's word. That's the only way we'll be able to accurately discern whether the thoughts that come as whispers, whether, you know, whether they're from God or, or not. And it's why a huge part of my God-given vision for this church as your pastor is that we continually grow in loving and knowing God's word and obviously obeying it, walking in line with it. It's then that we can safely and confidently listen and hear God's words of, of reassurance or of direction in life when we're facing a decision. Or maybe correction to grow in an area of our life. Or as I said already, words from the Holy Spirit that we hear distinctly. Words that are in line with His biblical truth. That replace anxiety with His peace. Because He reminds us He's there. It's hard to hear those whispers if we don't just stop and listen. There's another word that we will be, or that we, that we will experience when we stop and listen to God's voice this way. It's the word replenished. I, I, I like that word. We, we need that regularly, spiritually, physically, uh, emotionally. We, we, we need to be replenished. And, and different people are replenished in different areas of life, in different ways, and all of that. Some of you are re replenished by being with a bunch of people. Others of you, that would just deplete you pretty quickly. Some of you get out in nature alone, and you're replenished. Ah, replenishment is a whole message and topic there, but there's, there's life-giving replenishment for body, mind, and, 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 and spirit when we open our hearts to, uh, have you heard the words this morning? To stop and listen to God's voice. It's actually the uh, be still and know that I am God experience from Psalm 46.10. Many of you know that verse. Again, hard to do, especially in our culture. It's the be still and know that I am God experience. There's replenishment and there's strength in that. What does that look like for you? Does that happen in your life in any way? Stopping. Being still. It's hard for many of us because there are just 
Ah, there's so many important things to do, to accomplish. And there are, of course. Friends, just, just to be clear, I'm, I'm not talking here about hours of time, as I alluded to a moment ago. Grab onto this with, uh, with a two-minute window of time in mind that is, that is separate from your Bible reading you know, a part of maybe the, the same time frame overall, but, but two minutes of stopping. Start there, start there. Two minutes. Stop everything and, li- and, and, and try to just listen. A time, two minutes, that's separate from your Bible reading, that is, that is separate from uh, your uh, talking to God about life stuff and, 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 and about people you love and care about that you're praying, all those, all those things God cares about and wants you to give to Him in prayer, of course. But, but a two-minute window, as a, as a starting point at least, where we invite the Holy Spirit to speak whatever it is He knows we need to hear in that moment. And we stop talking so we can hear if He does. He may or may not. But this is very doable. I'm not saying it'll be easy. Thoughts will come for sure where you'll wonder about, you know, is that me? Is that, is that God? Is that, is that my wife's voice in my head? Uh, uh, is that some other voice? Of course. Questions. Legitimate. Understandable. It's a growth curve here, right? That we're all on. But God honors a genuine heart. I believe this with all my heart. A genuine heart that just says, God, I want to hear from you on whatever aspect of my life you may want to give input on. And many times we know God speaks. We cannot lose sight of the fact that God primarily speaks through his word. That's why we put it before you and and keep it before all of us as, as the place to go every day to hear from God for sure. But there is this other side of it that I'm talking about this morning. God's word is the plumb line for everything else we may hear spoken to us. Stopping and listening is a place of rest and rejuvenation that we need for our soul because there we'll be reminded of God's character, His goodness, His faithfulness, His attributes of being all-wise, all-powerful, all-loving toward us. Beautiful. It's beautiful. If you have moments at the start of your day of pondering these truths about God, it will influence how you approach that day. It will influence how you handle that chaotic day that may be awaiting you. Again, I said it earlier, these are moments focused on simply being with God rather than wanting to get something from God. Very simple closing illustration. Think about it being a parent, if you are, of a teenager. If your teenager talks to you only when they need something, as a parent, what does that start to feel like? Some of you know exactly what that feels like. But what would it feel like if your teenager walked through the front door one day and you're making supper and he or she pulls up a stool and sits down at the island and soon you realize they're not asking for anything, they're just there with you. 
They're not asking for money to go out that night. They're not asking for help with, with anything. Not that those things are wrong. But, but how does that make you feel? B- besides suspicious. <laughs> you start to wonder what's up because they're just there. It's, it's, like, it's like they want to be with you. seem to be happy just to, just to be there. I mean, they haven't offered to help yet with supper, but they're there, right? And soon they even say, in some way, just, yeah, just want to be with you, Mom. Just want to be with you, Dad. For some of you parents, that would probably be a surprise. Maybe not for everyone, but I, I, I kind of think, I have a hunch that for some of you, that, that, would, that, that would be... Wow, what's, what's going on? Well, you know, we, we, some of us, some of us might even surprise God if tomorrow morning we stop, we sit, maybe have to get up half an hour earlier or 15 minutes earlier. God might even be a little bit surprised. Probably not because he's God. He knows what's coming, right? But you know what I'm saying. It's okay. He'll, he'll get over the shock. He'll, he'll engage with your expression to draw close to him. I know he will. And, and, and he says so. Remember, we read it, James 4, 8. Draw close to God, and he'll be right there. And it'll be rich, and it'll be life-giving. Richard Foster, again, in this book, after describing some of the experiences of some of the great people of prayer in centuries past, writes, perhaps you feel miles away from such experiences. He says, don't be disheartened. I had some of the same feelings as I wrote this chapter. I feared I was writing on the edge of unlived truth. Many times, he says, we fall short of our goal. Often our attempts at listening prayer never seem to get past our frustration over the unwashed dishes in the sink or the chemistry exam tomorrow. But what little we have experienced in this type of prayer encourages us, for we have glimpsed the loving heart of God, full of grace, full of mercy, welcoming us to the communion table of the Spirit. Take them up on this offer, people. Let's let's do that. What's it going to look like in 2020? There was a card given a couple of weeks ago. And ushers, I I believe, do you have those at the back? If not, that's fine. There There was a card given two weeks ago. And we'll have it available uh, next Sunday or the Sunday after. And each one of these five message titles are on there. Two weeks ago, some of you wrote a response. And whether it's on this card or in your phone, maybe even better in your phone, uh, in, in your lists, and to say, what's, it gonna, what, what's this going to look like for you? Write a statement, either now or sometime throughout today. Maybe, maybe you want to ponder this further and write the statement as we're together tonight in our, in our, in our prayer gathering at 6.30. And by the way, it is 6.30, not our normal prayer encounter, 6 o'clock, okay? 6.30 tonight. Maybe you want to write it there. A statement, an expression of commitment, really. God, help me to, every day, take two minutes to just try to shut everything else out except your voice. Maybe that's the statement is you want to write it or write it in your own words. 
I believe that God is calling us as a church to deeper relationship with him through this type of prayer that is stopping and listening. What's it going to look like for you and for me this year? One more time from Richard Foster's book. There's a prayer of commitment that he writes. And I want us to pray this prayer together. Now, you can remain seated. But this is part of our response to this message this morning. There's two slides. The first one is up there. And if this is uh, a prayer in your heart, you, you, you can pray this. Uh, I'll read it out loud. And you can pray this in your heart and mind if this is what you want. Heavenly Father, listening is hard for me. I am so action-oriented, so product-driven that doing is easier for me than being. I need your help. If I am to be still and listen, I would like to try. I would like to learn how to sink down into the light of your presence until I can become comfortable in that posture. Help me to try. Thank you. Amen. If you want that prayer, I can email it to you. Let me know. Fast and prayer gatherings. Tonight, tomorrow, Tuesday, as you've heard. There's something about putting our name down on the dotted line that speaks to a commitment. And as we've done before, I'm going to, at dismissal, after we pray a prayer of dismissal, I'm going to ask you to, there's clipboards, as you may have noticed, with all duplicate and two, two tables off to the side. I want you to make a commitment to, to God, mostly, and to your church family. You know what? I've got nothing on my calendar these three nights. And, and maybe I do. But I can move that. Ah, some things you can't move on your calendar. I, I understand. But whether it's one night or maybe all three nights that are all a little different, but I'm believing and we're praying, we've been praying as leaders that these will be rich evenings together for individually and, and as a church. Right at dismissal, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you just to find your way to a clipboard and say, I'll be, I'll be there tonight your name down under that, under, under Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. Okay? I'm just going to leave that with you. Look forward to being together for those nights. Father, we thank you so much that you, you want to be with us more, more than any of us want to be with you. And you, you, you want us to know your voice, to hear your voice, to, to grow in our sensitivity to, and, and, and our listening skill, to hear that still small voice, to hear your word spoken back to us by the Holy Spirit uh, that we've read days before. God, as I look ahead to the coming year, help me to grow in this. Because I need to hear your voice daily. I need to hear your voice of direction moment by moment every day. And many of us in this room share that awareness of need and we share that desire 
So lead us, strengthen us to grow in this area of prayer that we've seen from your word today. In Jesus' name, amen.